the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to the second half of Iron Real Estate, and I'm here with experts. Um, I'm here with Thomas Drew, who is uh, a big shot at Citizens, and he's the guy to find out all your information about mortgage options, and Stephen Ebert, who is probably one of the most successful real estate attorneys that I know, and I always specify, do not use your son-in-law or somebody that you use a real estate attorney. Uh, and myself, Dottie Herman. So we're talking about, we're in really uncertain times, and I, I was just on a Zoom meeting with a bunch of, uh, of CEOs from different companies and nothing to do with real estate, all different companies. They were not real estate companies. And some people, you know, they wanted to see what everyone thought going forward, what this world was, what's going to be like. And I know that one man said, well, you know what? I'm just taking a back seat and I'm waiting because it was only three or four weeks ago where we were allowed to take off our masks. And, of course, I think the president might have said, if I'm not correct, yeah, I'm correct. He said, oh, the COVID is over. Um, well, it's over. It's not really over, but it's calmed down. So what are you seeing, Stephen, and what should people look out? Because the Biden administration, and I never get political, but there are the, uh, some changes that he has is looking to put through that, again, do not be one of those people who says, oh, my God, like, look what's going on, and you never did anything about it. Listen to some of the changes that they're putting, that they're looking to put in, and then if you like them, great. If you don't like them, you should write to whoever your elected officials are. Uh, Stephen, do you want to? Yeah, no, absolutely, Dottie. And, and I agree with you. This is just analysis of what's being proposed um, and breaking down what we think of the proposal. So there are one, there's a push to increase capital gains taxes. There's a push to increase uh, corporate taxes. Okay, stop. And a push again, and I'll explain these. what capital gains is, just in case there are people that are not familiar with what capital gains is. Absolutely. And then, and then, but let me just mention another push is, again, talking about 1031s on the chopping block. So let, let me go through that exactly. So, one, a capital gains tax is a profit tax. So in the United States, some countries have a concept, which we do not have, called imputed taxes, where... On, on theoretical profits, you pay a tax. In the United States, though, you pay a tax when you have an appreciation of capital. So, for example, if you buy a stock 
for a hundred dollars, and then a couple of years later you sell it for three hundred dollars, you had a gain of two hundred dollars, and you'd pay a tax on that profit. Now there are certain rules to counteract that. In, in the equities world, if you have certain other losses and there are special rules on how you sell and how you count it, you can match losses against gains to net that out. But uh, fundamentally, you're going to be paying a tax on that profit. In the real estate world, we have the same thing. You can pay a tax on your gain, whether it is your primary residence, a second home or an investment property. So first thing I want people to know is that if you have a primary residence, and hopefully you've done well over the year and it appreciated, while there is a little bit of a tax shelter, which I'll explain in a second, the fact is if you make a profit, you might owe taxes to the federal government and depending upon the state, to the state government based on the profit that you made uh, in your home. Now, if you, you do get to reduce closing costs, Right. So if you're paying an attorney, a title company, a real estate broker, you know, you don't get taxed on that. And if you keep the documentation, very, very important. I tell all my clients this. When you do improvements around the house, just scan the receipt, the invoice, your check and just keep it. An image is fine. Um, any capital improvements also go into what's called your basis. So you don't have to pay tax on that. I, and then if it's your primary residence and the general rule without getting all to the exceptions, if it's been your primary residence for two out of the last five years, and if you're single, a quarter million or married a half a million is exempt from gain. But if you have gains greater than what I just mentioned, you're going to pay capital gains tax on that. And that doesn't matter whether you buy a new property or move into a rental property when we're talking about your primary residence. So very, very important to keep that in mind and have that conversation with your team, your lawyer, your accountant, your broker, before you put your property on the market, because you don't want to have a tax liability due the following year. And Dottie, in that vein, I want to add, right now we're in October. So if let's say a typical closing could be 60 to 90 days, and all of a sudden now we're throwing in Thanksgiving and and New Year's and so forth, your closing might bump into the next tax year. Right. If the tax rates change, you pay based on the rate in effect in the year you close. So let me explain yeah, that one yeah, more time. Yeah. If you're going to be stuck paying capital gains tax, you pay at the rate that's due based on the date of when you close. So, for example, if we sign our contract in October and the parties work out a deal and say, you know what, I don't want to have a closing, it's Christmas time, it's New Year, let's close it in January. We'll sign it in October with a January close. And capital gains rates are X today, but they increase in January. You're going to pay the higher rate because you're closing in 2023 instead of 2022. So very, very important to keep that in mind if rates might be going up to understand what year you're closing in and make sure the contract protects you against tax rate increases. That's important to know um, when you're, you know, and you should speak to your accountant and your attorney about that 
And what about the uh, like-kind exchanges? Which would so maybe explain that also? Yeah, absolutely. This is a very important section of the law. It's called section, It's sometimes you're called as a 1031 exchange because that's the section of the Internal Revenue Code, our federal tax code. Um, and now um, every state in the country has a provision that mirrors what the federal code is on it. And the idea behind it, and it's been around for a long time, it started off actually in agriculture, where if you barter, if you trade, um, and that's not going to be a taxable event. And then the law evolved to really be something very important in real estate, that if you follow the rules, and this is, again, for investment property only or business property, not your primary residence, not a vacation home, that if you sell a property and buy a property, if you meet the timing and valuations requirement, you could defer any capital gains liability for potentially forever. This is very, very powerful because real estate has a lot of complex accounting and sometimes the market freezes up because of all the tax liabilities that could be unleashed on a property owner. So having 1031s um, is very, very important to keep the market from freezing up and having transactions. And the most important thing, I think, when it comes to tax policy, you may not have the perfect policy. Maybe you may want to tweak things. But at a certain point, people make very long-term decisions based on how the policy is articulated. And people need to be able to rely on the law and not worry that year-to-year, election-to-election, the rules might change on them. Very important. Very important, because that's a very useful tool for people, and there's a lot of proposals. Now, they're not, you know, etched in stone. They're just talking about them and thinking about them. But now is the time. You don't want to wait until until they're signed into being, you know, that they're that they're signed in and that they're real and that they're happening. So while they're talking about it, I really think it's a good time for you to understand it. And if you agree with it, so be it. But if you don't agree with it, um, you know, Lois Weiss, who's on our show a lot, um, sent me um, an article that she wrote, and it says New York City real estate business is fighting a levy of a bevy of new tax regulations and um it says most recently industry executives are warning that the Biden administration plans to hike the tax on long term capital gains above um above a, a million from twenty percent to the top bracket will result in a forty three percent. And in late May, the administration also revealed that the capital gains tax hike would be retroactively applied to assets sold, as you said, after April 2021. It's the perfect storm with the worst potential outcome, said Robert Gilman. Um, he's a partner of a big accounting firm. If you did a 1031 exchange in May, are they going to say now it doesn't count? And some investors are going to hold on to their buildings because um, usually when someone buys a new building, they spend money on trade, and so that will also hamper the construction industry. Um, So 
Dad, if I can add something, it's actually even worse than it sounds. Okay. And I'll tell you why it's even worse than it sounds. Um, and I'm sorry to say. One might say, well, wait a minute. How can you go back in time? Right? It's, it's a constitutional um, concept, legal concept, that you cannot have what's called de post facto laws, laws after the fact. Right? People should know what the law is before they take action. But here's a quirky thing with the IRS. If they have a notice of a preliminary rulemaking, and I know this is a very technical matter to explain, so I can only just give you the high-level overview on it because we don't have the time to explain it. But if they have a notice of a proposed rulemaking, technically the IRS can go and change the rules back to the date in which they give a preliminary notice. And the IRS may or may not actually implement that rule. So it's a very, very dangerous thing. If you have these preliminary tax law changes that are out there, it gives a lot of uncertainty for the taxpayer. The other thing to add, and the other thing to add, the rates are actually higher than what's quoted because one, remember that states have their capital gains tax, right? In New York State, our income tax is both on capital and on income. So we call it an income tax, but it hits capital. And the other thing is there are stealth taxes where if you are in certain brackets, you are phased out of things. There are also some other taxes that, are, that affect capital gains in connection with the Affordable Health Care Act. Um, so the rates are actually even slightly higher than what's quoted. Right. And, you know, Lois continues to say that the, if, an example is, you know, um, if you've owned your home for 25 years, assuming that they make above the threshold where the capital gains increase will come into play, it will affect everyone. And it gives an example of a couple who bought a city condo for a million dollars and sells it for $5 million. will have a $3.5 million gain after the 500000 primary resident exemption. The proposed taxes on the gain will be about $1.9 million, nearly $700,000 more. And that is significant. Okay? I mean, this is like big stuff. Now, again, it didn't happen yet, but we have time now to try to, if we disagree, to try to have a voice. Meanwhile, New York State is raising its own top bracket for those making a million seven seven five hundred and fifty dollars to five million from eight point eight two to nine point six five um, while those making over twenty five million, which is not most of us, will be paying ten percent to the state so there's a lot of things going on, and um you know we we New York is always been highly taxed, so it's not any news that we don't know about but people wanted to be here and they paid for all the benefits that we have in the city now we still have them but of course after the pandemic it's going to take us a while to get the city back to exactly where it was before the pandemic and so my feeling is hey while we're coming back and you know the city's mobbed i mean the restaurants are crowded the traffic is uh, horrendous because I don't think too many people are taking the transit anymore. Uh, you also have people saying, hey, wait a second, 
I, I don't mind paying extra to be in New York because there's no other city like New York City. But I think we should let it get back on its feet 100% before we start doing all of this. And so I don't think many people know about it. So what would your suggestion be for people to do? Just read up on it or or talk well, to their accountant about it? Or how would they – because it's a lot of information that I just on a radio show. So, you know, and, I, and I'm certainly – I'm not an accountant or anything, but – where would you uh, where would you say that they should find out that information so that they know and they can plan? Yeah, Nadia, it's a great point. I think if you have a good accountant, they're really the best source because they're going to give you really a technical rundown as opposed to more of a political spin. And look, you know, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on politically, there's always going to be a little bit of a spin on it. So that's always the best to just get here are the cold hard facts. Um, but I will say that they're, they're cold, um, these facts. And, you know, look, we, we have to really have a strategic plan, I think, for the state. Um, I think that's one issue that's out there. Uh, you know, again, regardless of where you fall on that, what direction are we going? Why are we raising taxes? Why not raise taxes? Why certain fees, congestion pricing? Why are we, we're making all these big decisions, oh. and where is the planning? I mean, if you're just going to cook dinner – you plan in advance, you go to the supermarket, you buy the ingredients. What, what, what it looks like, the way in which our state is operating, it's haphazard. It's like in the middle of dinner, looking in the refrigerator and saying, what do I have to eat? That's not how you make dinner. And that, that's, that's the issue of how they're actually running things. They're just really hitting different fee sources. And, and I'll tell you, it's very dangerous. New York State lost the congressional seat. Right, we have one fewer congressional. Right? We have we we have fewer congressional seats for this election because our population went down. That is a right. fact. Actually, I think the three states where there was uh, the population or the they, that were most exited was California, again because of you know all of their prices and taxes, New York, and I believe Illinois. Um, so we don't want this. We want to, you know, New York City is the greatest place to be. So, I, you know, I think we have to have people that kind of know how to run businesses that we elect and that really stop and look at the big picture uh, because even the congestion, um, the proposal for congestion taxing, uh, you know, pricing. And I, I, I know that hasn't happened yet. It's supposed to, I think, happen sometime in 2023, but the way they're, and, and it's not set in concrete, the numbers, but basically to me, it's going to hurt not rich people. It's going to hurt the, the person that works in the city, but lives in Queens or lives in Long Island or lives outside of New York. It could cost up to $20 for a car to come into the city. And I understand that it works in London, and of course the traffic is horrendous, so it would help traffic. But I don't say now is the time to do it, to put that burden on people yet. I think, you know, you got, yeah, kind of have to wait a, a, a bit. And then they say they're going to probably tax trucks up to like maybe $100. And that's going to affect like, you know, all that's going to do is the people that are shipping goods to New York City. They're just going to add that price on, you know, whatever the increase they have. So 
I would ask you again. We have a break coming up, and then I would like to ask one more time. I'd like your final synopsis, Tom and Stephen. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune into Broadway at the Russian Tea Room Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. Progressive presents, don't do it yourself. Okay, simple enough. Just got to get in there with my screwdriver. Do you mind handing me my screwdriver? Are you trying to say screwdriver? Well, I mean, you're saying it weird, but yeah, sure. Look, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big and pay someone to install this for us so you don't have to pretend you can. (laughs) I know my way around a screwdriver. Oh, yeah. This is going to take a Philippe's head for sure. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge. Your plan for calm. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. You know I love performing at the Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus. So I'm bringing my band and heading back there on Friday, October 21st for an unbelievable show. A lot of comedy, some stories, a great tribute to Mr. Sinatra. This is a night you can't miss. It begins at 6 p.m. in a luxury tent right in front of the theater with a full dinner complete with signature dishes from Frank Sinatra's favorite restaurant, Patsy's, and owner and chef Sal Scagnamillo. You know what's really great? We'll be raising money for scholarships at Bergen Community College, a great school. You get valet parking, dinner, wine, the show, everything for one unbelievable price, 125 bucks. The Saccone Theater's an intimate venue that will sell out fast, so get your tickets now at tickets.bergen.edu. That's tickets.bergen.edu. Tickets.bergen.edu or call 201-447-7428. I'll see you there. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. For more information, go to surroundnewyork.com. That's surroundnewyork.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Oh, we're back. And uh, before I have our very special guest on uh, that I talked about at the beginning of the show, Amir Koragi, um, Iranian-American who's publisher who founded the business magazine that everybody reads, The Real Deal, which is about real estate and finance news, and he also produced the PBS documentary, Building Stories, um, about 
you know, and it's about the architect Hafez Kazilis. Um, I just want to finish wrapping up. Tom, would you come back next week and really explain the different options that people can take with mortgages um, if they don't want to go, if they want to get a cheaper rate and they don't need to be in a house for 30 years? Yeah, Dottie, I would love to. I mean, you know, the headlines always uh, seem to paint the worst possible picture, but you know, when you really sit down with somebody, uh, you can go through all their options, whether it's adjustable rate mortgage or some first-time home buyer uh, options for them. And there's grants out there. There's a lot of great things that will help people get into homes. Um, so I would love to spend a little bit of time on that, give them some uh, some details. And then, hey, the more we can, you know, speak to people one-on-one, I think uh, the, the faster we can help them get in the home. Absolutely, Dottie. There are a lot of proposals there. There's a lot to navigate. And it's also very important that when people are looking to buy or sell, contact the attorney early. We're more than just getting a contract signed. This is the kind of advice when you're in a changing uh, time period where you can get the timely advice to really strategize either your purchase or or marketing of your property. Thanks, Dottie. Thanks, everyone. And now I'm so thrilled and really honored to have Amir Karanji, who is uh, an Iranian-American publisher and film producer who founded the business magazine, The Real Deal, about real estate and finance news. And as I said, he also produced the PBS documentary, Building Stories, about architect Costas Pedillas. Of course, I met Amir. Hi, Amir. Good morning. Hi, Dottie. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, gosh, you should be on all the time. I have watched you from the very beginning of when you started The Real Deal and how long years ago? now, 20 years. 20, 20 years. years. And I was yeah. new to New York, okay, um, and, you know, everyone, you know, I had just taken over as CEO of Douglas Sullivan. Of course, that was big news, and so the Times wanted the story, and, you know, everybody wanted the story, and there was this guy that I met who had started this magazine and very humbly from the bottom, he built it from bottom up. He's self-made. And I saw something. And in I got to give you credit for that, Donnie, because you, I gave, I got to give you credit story. for that because you could have, you could have done that story with any, anybody. And you know, you didn't know we were going to be the largest real estate news outlet in the country. Back then no, we didn't. were just a fledgling company. You know, we were just in New York and that's where all we were. And uh, you know, I remember when uh, you, you know you bought Douglas Elliman, which at the time was a record price paid for a, a residential brokerage. And you know you could have done the story with Bloomberg or the Journal or one of those other rags. And uh, you decided to do it with us, which was uh, fantastic for us. I couldn't tell you how that gave us so much credibility. And that was 20 years ago. And I'm always so grateful to you for that. Well, don't be grateful. I saw something in you. I mean, I just saw it. But I would love you, you know, I hope that you'll come on more, but I would love you to tell our listeners really how you started, what gave you the idea to do the real deal, because there was no paper that was anything like that before you, um, and where you brought it. Well, you know, from, it, from for me, it was now. a no-brainer. I was, I was in school for journalism. I always loved journalism. I came to New York 
I started working for Yahoo when Yahoo was the Google of the world. And I really missed uh, going back into uh, the media part of it, the journalism part of it. And, um, you know, when the market crashed in 2001, of course, uh, Yahoo had to let a lot of people go. I was one of them. And I went into real estate. You know, when the market tanks, the number of real estate agents go up. That's usually what happens. <laughs> so um, you, you know that better than anybody. So uh, what happened, I became one of those real estate agents when the market tanked. And not, I didn't become a real estate agent. I became, uh, I became interested in real estate and got my real estate license. But, uh, you know, I, I started flipping apartments in Brooklyn before Brooklyn was, uh, you know, the hip, cool place it was. And uh, it made me realize that there's a real market for people who are interested in uh, real estate news because at the time, there was no focus on uh, content on real estate. And, you know, it's the largest asset class in the world. There is a major demand for it. And uh, we were very lucky that nobody else had thought of it. And, you know, when I, when I thought about doing it, I, uh, you know, researched far and wide. And, uh, and the Internet was sort of in its nascent uh, stage. So everything wasn't necessarily available back then. But I searched right. as much as I could, and I, and I couldn't find anything that covered the actual market on a regular basis. So I decided to put it together out of uh, my apartment, and then the rest is history. You know, now it's, it's I been remember 20 you were working and... out of your apartment at the time. Now, how many, right. how many, how many editions do you have of, of the real deal? So we're in uh, New York City, obviously. We're in uh, South Florida, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, uh, San Francisco, uh, and Los Angeles right now. Wow. It's unbelievable what you did, and I have to say he did this on his own. You know, I, I you know, it, like it's really incredible what you've done, and with, and and there's no other magazine. I don't even know of anything that even comes close to the information. No, and that I, you and have. The, I think the ultimate, the true testament is the fact that you know I really do consider ourselves uh, to be the godfather of uh, real estate news. You know, when when I started it, there was no such thing as real estate news. People would use reporters from other sections to write real estate stories. And then we ended up hiring people, and we had to train them on the whole world of real estate and how it functions and how it operates. And the greatest testament is that, you know, we have 27 people now who work at the Wall Street Journal that run their real estate uh, sections at the Wall Street Journal. We have uh, close to a dozen people at Bloomberg and, you know, at the New York Times and all these other places that only focus for real estate on them. And they all came through the real deal, which I'm very proud of. I hate to see them go, but but, uh, it also makes me uh, like a proud parent to see them to go somewhere, uh, you know, nice like that. You should be. So we've been we've been on a, on uh, we've been talking to our listeners for the last hour or so on you know where we're really at because you know as I said you know everyone is saying oh you know the real estate market's down this is down um, you know every and they're all comparing it to like twenty one twenty the pandemic and I'm like well you really can't compare it to that kind of a year because it's that was like I've never. I've been in the business a long time. I've never seen anything like the year that we had last year, uh, where there were 15 offers on one property, and you had right. no negotiability. Uh, you didn't have right. all cash. You were out. Uh, so now I think you know it's starting to return to a more balanced, normal market. Although I still think it's a seller's market, and that's my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, People, you know, if you if you look across the country, 
we still have a shortage of inventory. I mean, we 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 have a little more, but it's still a shortage, and so there's more buyers than there is inventory. What do you think? Well, big picture, big picture. We're going to have a shortage at least for the next ten years, even if we speed at full speed. The, the big question is affordable housing. When people talk about a shortage of housing, they're really talking about affordable housing. So, and and at that pace, we are. Uh, you know, there's always a shortage. But you know, I always tell people. People always ask this question. But I really truly believe, and I've been doing this for twenty years. I've seen some serious downturns. You know, obviously, you were in 2008. A lot of people don't remember that, but that was like one of the worst experiences oh, yeah. you know, since uh, 1979, right? So everything crashed. Uh, you, you had like major stocks that were worth pennies. But, you know, in every market, up market, down market, there's always that 15, 20% that's making money, right? So you could look at the headlines and be like, oh my God, the market is terrible. There's opportunity there. Oh my God, the market is doing great. There's opportunity there. So it's really about how you want to approach the market and how you want to, uh, you know, what kind of deals you want to do. The kind of deals are going to change. The structures are going to change. But there's always that 15 to 20% of the market that that's, finds the opportunity and makes it. And you know what the, the truth is, Adati, and you know this better than I do, it's usually the same 15 20%, right? In a good market, they're making money. In a down market, they're making money. It's, uh, you know, it's really about how they approach it. But look, if you, right now, if you take out a million-dollar loan, right, I, let's say we're at 7%, that's a, made, that's a significant change for somebody who's doing a 30-year fixed uh, rate, right? That's, a, that's adding about $23,000 to their uh, mortgage annually. And if the mortgage rate goes up to 8%, it's going to, on a million-dollar loan on a 30-year fixed it's going to add about $31,000. And, you know, if we're talking about New York, after tax, the taxes here are very high, you're really talking about, uh, on $31,000, you're really talking about dollars um, you know, after taxes for the people who want to buy a million-dollar home. So that does change it a, a, a bit for consumers, for your everyday consumers. But, again, on the investment side, you always have that 15, 20% that finds opportunities in any which market, and they, they make the best of it. Well, you know, I know that before Donald Trump was president, um, he did write a couple of books, and he asked me for my advice, and this is going back maybe 15 years ago, and I said, there's never, you can't time the market, and there's never a bad time to buy. It's just that you employ different strategies at different times. Yeah, you look for the good deal. You know, a good deal is a good deal. And, you know, sometimes things get sour. But if you really do your... Just hold on, Amir. We have a quick commercial break. And we'll be right back. We're talking to Amir Koryanji from The Real Deal. What can you expect at Adelphi University? Don't expect ordinary, because this is where extraordinary happens every day. Classes, smaller. Professors, more like mentors. Clubs and organizations to jump into, over 90. Graduating salaries, 28% higher than the national average. Over $70,000 a year for baccalaureate grads. A U.S. News & World Report Best College with exceptional undergraduate programs, graduate and doctoral programs, certificates and continuing education. Top-ranked academics with hands-on learning in healthcare, STEM, arts and humanities, social work, psychology, 
and the business and teaching professions. With career guidance that's won national recognition, more scholarships, more internships, more friendships, wherever you're going, whatever your age, whatever your goal, you can expect extraordinary. Adelphi University. Learn more at adelphi.edu slash exceptional. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, I just spoke to my buddy Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota, and he told me that anyone looking to beat these ridiculous gas prices should get over to see them at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. That's because they've got one of the area's largest inventories of new Toyota vehicles, including the most fuel-efficient vehicles, like the 39-mile-per-gallon Toyota Camry, the 41-mile-per-gallon RAV4 Hybrid, or the one that started it all, Toyota Prius, which gets a combined 56 miles per gallon. No need to re- mortgage your house just to fill up the tank call route 22 toyota at 973-705-8905 let them show you which fuel efficient toyota is right for you plus they're making it easier than ever to get out of your gas guzzler by offering 125 percent of book value on your trade that's right any make any model 973-705-8905 schedule an appointment at route 22 toyota they'll give you 125 percent book value towards a fuel efficient toyota and remember tell them joe piscopo sent you Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. I'm here with Amir Koryanji, the founder of Real Deal, and we're talking about the market and what's going on with real estate. And I'm reading that Powell said that he doesn't care, I mean, because there's a fine balance in raising interest rates without causing a recession, although technically we are in some kind of a recession already. Um, but they're saying they're going to raise... It, it, bothers me, it bothers me that Powell is not an economist and he's an attorney by trade. But uh, hopefully he, he knows what he's doing. Well, hopefully, because he says that um, he doesn't care, that he's going to keep on raising rates. I'm reading this from the Wall Street Journal, um, that he's going to be raising rates aggressively throughout the next year despite rising fears of an economic slowdown or recession. And he says that it will require slower employment growth and somewhat higher employment rate, unemployment rate, but um, he wants to get it down to two. Now, I get that, but there's a, a fine line you know, and if you don't do it exactly right, you know, you could really cause a mess. What do you really, what are you seeing? And also, how do people get the real deal? I mean, I've been getting it since it started. So, yeah, I mean, the real deal. Because I am get... telling you, 
you have to read this magazine. This, well, it's uh, you know we're we're on the we're our website is uh, every it's updated every hour, and they can go to therealdeal.com to get it, and they can get all it's focused on real estate information. So nobody puts out more real estate content and more real estate news than we do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So uh, whoever wants to get that sort of content, they can come to therealdeal.com and get everything about residential, commercial, real estate development, policy about real estate. It's all focused on real estate. But, you know, uh, regarding um, uh, Powell and, uh, you know, the committee, you, you really want to believe that the govern, government knows what it's doing. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to believe that and uh, have confidence in that. But hopefully these guys know what they're doing. To, you know, I'm not an economist by trade. Uh, you know, a lot of people are not in agreement with how they're raising the rates and the way they're going about raising rates. You know, after reducing the rates the way they did uh, at the speed that, uh, at which they did, and now trying to raise the rates at the same speed, it's, uh, it's just really going to, um, it's going to shock the market. Yeah, and, you know, I, but, but I also said that, you know, when I bought my first house, I think the rates were 15%, okay, and people, yeah, and that, you know. That wasn't that long ago. I mean, people, were, I was paying 10% for my rate in, 2000, in the year 2000. So that wasn't even, that was only, you know, 23 years ago. Yeah, and I took an adjustable an arm, like it's a five-year arm, and I was like, oh, my God, I got, an old, it started at 11. And that was like a great rate for me. So when I heard, you yeah. know, when they went down, what were the rates, two point something, which is was unheard of in my lifetime. I'm yeah. like, okay. So if you compare anything to 21 or 20, uh, you know, you, it's all going to be bad because those were not even real. I mean, you know, they did what they had to do with the pandemic to keep things going, but those are not years I would compare things to. If I wanted to really look at the market, I don't know, this is just my opinion, I would kind of look at what went on pre-pandemic. I wouldn't use the pandemic years as a something to compare everything because they were just abnormal. It, it was such an abnormal time, uh, and you know, it were, there were record years for real estate, and everybody thought that that was the end of real estate, and it turned out to be one of the best times, record times for real estate, not only in the cities, but even the surrounding areas, you know, like uh, Long Island and upstate New York. They really had a boom, so it turned out to be great for them. But even if you go back uh, before the pandemic, you know, like when we talked about re uh, interest rates being at 10%, you know, in the 2000s, real estate hadn't yet become the commodity that it is today. Like in the early 2000s, if you remember, everybody went into real estate. Everybody wanted a piece of the pie. It was like yeah. what crypto is today. Everybody was like, are you not in real estate? I don't care if you're a waiter or a dentist. Or what you have to you have just to get, get your license. Uh, right. Just get an interest-only mortgage, or go get your license, get a piece of this pie. So you know, in the last 20 years, real estate beca became a commodity that everybody has their hands in it. And you know, when the interest rates were at 10, 12 percent back when we were buying homes, was uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't for everybody back then. It was only a certain few, only certain people could get their hands on real estate. Now that everybody has their hands on real estate and has some of their investment in real estate, these interest rates really do impact, you know, those people who can't uh, afford, uh, you know, the extra percentage points. Like I mentioned, you know, from, from uh, going from 4% to 6%, you're talking about $1,300 difference in your monthly payments, uh, you know, after taxes. So it, it, for some people, it can, it, it can take a toll. 
Yeah, and they're saying they're not going to stop. So, so what is your – and look, again, as I tell everyone, the only one that knows the future is God. I mean, everyone's just predicting things. And, you know, you read, and I read a lot, oh, we're in a recession, we're not in a recession, this is going to happen. What do you see? What, what, you know, you are so on this. And, again, I am telling you, and I never, ever advise anyone to do something that I don't really 100% believe in. You need to go on that website, The Real Deal. You'll know, you'll know everything, and you, will, and you really need to be an informed person today. The more you know, knowledge is power. What are you seeing down the road? What are you seeing? In, in, you know, now you have magazines all over, so you're not only looking at New York. What are you kind of seeing um, in 2023, you know, it's, it's, the it's end of 2023? Cycles. It's, it's about cycles, and you can't time them. You, you just have to – if you're interested in real estate, if you're interested in buying a home, you can't time it. You can't say, oh, the market's up, mortgage rates are low, high, whatever it is. It's, you just have to look for the right deal, the deal that makes sense for you. And then, you, you know, if the timing works out where the market's in your favor, great. If it's not, if it's the right deal – the cycles will eventually come where that deal will eventually make sense. One thing we do know that in New York City for the last 120 years, if you look at its real estate, it's only gone up. Like you can't say that about every city, right? You can't say that about Detroit. You can't say that about Los Angeles. You can't say that about San Francisco. New York City for 120 years, 125 years, it's only gone up. It's had dips of three years, four years. But if you find the right deal that makes sense to you today and five years from now and 10 years from now, it will, it will, it will continue to go up. If you can withstand the three-year dip, if you can withstand the, at the worst a five-year dip, then you'll, you'll come out on top. But, you know, you just have to find the right deal that makes sense for you. And if you believe in real estate as an asset, uh, then, uh, you, you know, you, it's a good thing. I, I have yet to see people who can, who can uh, withstand these sort of bad markets and these cycles lose money. They, if you can withstand it, you're going to come out on top. You have to have staying power. And is it better than currency? 100%. I mean, especially with inflation. One of my attitudes in the last year was that in the last seven months, especially, is that I don't want to hold any cash by the, by the end of uh, – 2022, I'd rather have stuff in real estate or any other sort of commodity than hold cash because my cash is just going to keep losing value. They're saying inflation is at 6%, but it's probably a lot higher than that. So if that's the case, that means my, the cash that I hold in the bank versus me buying real estate, you've got to do the math and see what kind of mortgage is right for you. But that real estate is going to have a much better value two, three years from now than, than the cash that you would have used to uh, buy it in your bank. And that's why you see some big companies and you see people, I mean, uh, buying very expensive properties because they figure, look, whatever it is now, if I hold it, it's going to be worth a lot more. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and also because a lot of people made a lot of money in the last couple of years, and uh, so th- there's a lot of opportunity for them to jump into the market too, so that helps. Well, think about it. If you bought a home in the last couple of years, or you have, if you already had a home, I think it went up about almost twenty percent. And so, when they say, you know, well, in Long Island, even more. Yeah, and when they say, well, it's not going to go up like that. Well, that's really not sustainable. I mean, it's it's impossible for a market to go up twenty percent every year. So, I think. 
that we are returning to normalcy. And I absolutely, and I don't say it because I'm in real estate, I say the difference with real estate and stocks is if you buy a stock, and let's say you pay $200 for a stock, the next day it can be worthless. Real estate usually doesn't, unless there's some real-world catastrophe, fall overnight. And there's also accountability with real estate. There's no accountability with stock. Uh, you know, a company can be thriving and their revenues could go up, but because of some tweet somebody sends out or something that happens because the market comes down, that thriving company can be part of the rest of the stock market and come down. That doesn't happen with real estate. If you have a great property, if you have a great asset, you're in a good market. You know, you're not going to have, you're not going to see the fluctuations that you would with the stock market. No, and so you know, I I'm a real believer in real estate. As I said, the only people that really get hurt is if you buy at the top of the market and you're somehow forced to sell. And if you go back to 2000, I think it was seven or eight. Um, at that time, they were giving mortgages like you just, you know, you could say, well, they had, the, I think, stated mortgages, they called them. You just said, yeah. oh, I make $2 million. They never checked it. As long as your credit was okay, you know, they didn't check income. And people bought homes that they couldn't afford. And then people took a lot of equity. And one of the things I advise people, and I'm not the accountant, but if you take equity because you're sitting on, you know, you're sitting on that money, you know, as your home goes up, your home's going to go up as well as of how much you equity you have or down. So, you know, you can use some of that equity, but, but people kind of got carried away and used it, a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, when the market went down, they had no equity left. So you got to be careful. But, Amir, I would hope that you'll come back again. And for those of you, take my word. Go on to the website, The Real Deal. It is the best thing you'll ever do. Amir, have a great weekend. It was great having you, and I'm sure you, I, I hope you'll come back again. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.